0: From Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. The devastating attack in Sri Lanka. More than 350 are dead, more than 500 wounded. ISIS appears to be at the center of the operation. And it also appears to be in a far different place than we thought they were after their so called caliphate collapsed.
1: Uh, What we have seen is a transformation of the Islamic State from a hierarchically organized, focused on control of territory organization into a global network of terrorist cells.
0: That's Dr. Hans Jacob Schindler, Senior Director of the Counter-Extremism Project and formerly the coordinator of the ISIL-Taliban Al-Qaeda monitoring group at the United Nations Security Council. And what he just said should make everyone sit up and listen.
1: Very clearly, these massive attacks in Sri Lanka have been prepared for quite a considerable amount of time. And while ISIS says this was all done in response to the New Zealand attack. This attack has not been prepared within a couple of days. It's too complex and they were still finding bombs a couple of days after the actual initial attacks were over and arrests were made and more detonators were found. So this is quite a significant network that's unraveling at the moment in Sri Lanka. All that
0: and more coming up on this edition of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Russia could render huge harm to this country. The National Security Podcast.
1: Good morning, Robin. I'm at the St. Anthony Shrine. I'm
0: J.J. Green. It's happened again. Another devastating terror attack that grips the attention of the world while it's unfolding. This time, it was three churches and three hotels in Sri Lanka in three different cities. There was a local terror group behind it. Then we discover... One of the usual suspects was actually at the center of the entire thing, ISIS. On this episode, we speak with Dr. Hans Jacob Schindler, Senior Director at the Counter-Extremism Project and one of the world's foremost experts on terrorism, about what happened, who was behind it, the tactics used, what we should expect moving forward. And most importantly, what Dr. Schindler does is opens our eyes to the reality, ISIS is back
1: what we have seen unfortunately is uh, that uh, the assumption that in any way the islamic state is defeated globally through its loss of territorial control in iraq and syria was as everyone including me uh, who looks at this matter in more detail has predicted premature uh, what we have seen is a transformation of the islamic state from a hierarchically organized uh, focused on control of territory organization into a global network of terrorist cells very clearly these massive attacks in new Zealand, uh, in in uh, sri lanka have been prepared for a quite a considerable amount of time um if we um look at what the uh, sri lankan uh, security forces have released, as far as information is concerned, uh, pointing to two small, uh, till now hardly recognisable um, uh, jihadist groups within the country, um, and their connection abroad, and the the potential issue of people who have fought and trained in Syria coming back. I think we have a unfortunate and very sad and very brutal example. Of uh, what the new paradigm of global counterterrorism is going to be. The fact that ISIL, uh, the Islamic State, was able to control territory for such an amount of time and to such an extent in Iraq and Syria, similar to what Al Qaeda had as far as terror networks. Uh, and camps were in Afghanistan prior to 2001, allowed it to to train a completely new cohort and generation of hardened terrorists, who now are conceivably not staying in the area, but filtering out. And uh, these will uh, present the next backbone of a global terror network that unfortunately, as we've seen in Sri Lanka at this particular point, is able to perpetrate very complex, highly organized uh, and very deadly attacks.
0: How long do you think that they've been active or at least involved and engaged In in Sri Lanka?
1: Well, it's hard to tell um, because there's very little information at the moment being released from the Sri Lankan authorities as far as the actual connections to ISIL is concerned. Of course, the Islamic State put out the video where, as in any other attack, um, they uh, showed the uh, apparent attackers uh, claiming Bayat and, and saying that they are now going to conduct this attack. This is certainly the end point of the involvement of the Islamic state in this attack, um, because these videos are usually shot just before the attack happens. And there's been a long conversation and and, and uh, contacts before we even get to the point where there is a video. So it's it's at the moment hard to tell, but certainly this attack has not been prepared within a couple of days. It's too complex, and they were still finding bomb bombs a couple of days after the actual initial attacks were over and arrests were made and more detonators were found. So this is quite a significant network that's unraveling at the moment in Sri Lanka. That Southeast Asia is a particular focus of the Islamic State. However, it's not entirely new. If I may remind you, we had a, a massive incident in the Philippines around the city of Marawi, where very clearly... Uh, the Islamic State has demonstrated that Southeast Asia is one of its main focal points in the area. It has a long history as far as uh, um, um, radical uh, um, Al-Qaeda-like groups are concerned in that group with the Jammah Islamiyah in Indonesia, with Abu Sayyaf in the Philippines. So there's ample grounds for, for terror, this kind of terror network in Southeast Asia. And ISIL now is coming with fresh people, fresh training, uh, and a lot of money because I, if, I, if I may remind your listeners, uh, anywhere between 50 to 300 million US dollars uh, of ISIL's money that was verifiably generated during its time in Iraq and Syria have remained still unaccounted for. Um, and so there is enough money there, although they're no longer holding any territory to organize and finance any kind of attacks.
0: Where's the command and control? I think you said at the very top of this, this is a new paradigm in terms of the terror uh, world, uh, the terror activity uh, groups like that to subscribe to terrorism um, in that it's instead of being centrally controlled, it's uh, something other than that. But there has to be some kind of control. Where would you where, where is that control coming from?
1: Well, not necessarily as far as the operational control is concerned. So ISIL, the Islamic State Network, very much resembles at this particular stage the Al-Qaeda network, in that the center of the organisation is primarily responsible to conduct to keep the ideology together, to keep the brand going, right? To put out statements that, uh, that the war is or the fight is continuing, um, to make sure um, that it accepts the pledges of uh, allegiance from groups and individuals around the world, and and put out propaganda. But the operational control is then very much transferred downwards. So I I would be very surprised if we find out uh, subsequently that this attack has been in detail in some way prepared or planned anywhere around ISIL center in Syria and Iraq. Um, I I, I would assume it is far more likely um, that there was an idea to conduct a terror attack uh, in Sri Lanka by uh, fighters who've been with ISIL, um, possibly even from Sri Lanka, uh, having fought with ISIL, returned to their country and then bring this idea to the attention of the center. The center said, go ahead. Uh, maybe the center sends some kind of, of financial support. But then the operational planning um, is done in-country, by the groups network in uh, at the at the actual area where the attacks are going to be happening this also makes a lot of sense if uh, you think about uh, communication security and the ability of other of other services to disrupt uh, such terror attacks if it's planned in country the risk that it comes uh, uh, that it comes to light via some international communication is of course much much uh, uh, reduced
0: so it's your belief, then, uh, by extraction from what you've told me, that uh, this was not something that was planned as retaliation for what happened in New Zealand. This is likely something that was planned a long, long before.
1: Do we do, I mean, obviously, ISIL is claiming that this is, of course, the the case. But uh, looking at the, the scale of this, um, the amount of individuals that must have been involved, the amount of explosive material that needed to be procured, assuming that in Sri Lanka you just cannot go to the supermarket and buy Semtex, right? Um, all of this takes time. Obviously, from a propaganda standpoint, uh, uh, you know, as, as uh, very unfortunately, the Christchurch terrorist has done a great favor to all of the other side of the terrorist equation, because they now can claim pretty much anything as a retaliation for his horrible acts. But I mean, the, the the complexity of this operation does not look to me as if this could be stood up in a couple of weeks. And it's not that long ago since Christchurch.
0: — Tactics. What kind of tactics, hallmarks, trademarks do you see, uh, and capabilities in this particular attack? Because one of the things that stood out to me, and I've been talking to you for years, Uh, from your days with the Al-Qaeda Taliban ISIS monitoring team at the UN about tactics and organizations and how they use and deploy tactics. But looking at what I've learned from you and others about this, it seemed that there was a great degree of success when it came to the devices that were used, as opposed to at least What we know of devices malfunctioning, the types of devices, the variety of devices that were used, your observations, what have they told you about this situation?
1: Yeah, the success of pretty much all of the attacks succeeding and all of the uh, devices functioning plus, you know, several other functioning devices having been found near the airport and other places uh, on the island, uh, uh, really can only point to a very great likelihood of someone with actual battlefield experience uh, and having been building these devices for a long time and multiple times is behind the design of this. Uh, As you have pointed out, luckily, in many instances in Europe uh, and in America, Um, attacks were not deadly simply because the device didn't function at all or misfunctioned, it burned rather than exploded. This is not the case even once, as far as we know, uh, in Sri Lanka at this point. So that means someone... Who has done this many times over? Who knows all the mistakes that you can make? Who has tried and tested all the various methods of, of building a what essentially is an improvised explosive device, an IED, um, uh, has been behind this. This is extremely unlikely to have been conducted solely by people who learned this from uh, uh, from reading a book or 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 searching online. However, um, uh, if I may just do one. One little uh, uh, remark here in brackets, the fact that the the government of Sri Lanka decided to shut down all social media immediately after the attack is unfortunately, in my opinion, a sad testimony um, to the growing uh, trust gap between governments and the tech industry, and that governments simply no longer have the confidence that the tech industry can by itself uh, uh, limit the fallout from such incidents. Um, we have tomorrow here in New York a big event uh, with the European Union as well as the UN from the Counter-Extremism Project, focusing on finding smart regulatory and technological solutions uh, in order to prevent this uh, uh, growing gap of confidence from growing even more because shutting down social media is not helpful to anyone who is concerned about freedom of speech. But that was just a caveat. So I think uh, uh, just in brackets, I think this is a clear indication that they had outside help. And, and very consistently from the very beginning, the authorities in Sri Lanka said they, that there was an international dimension to it. Um, there is a lot of criticism inside Sri Lanka right now about uh, lack of security, not reacting to intelligence uh, uh, information they may have gotten beforehand. Um, be it as it may, uh, Southeast Asia was a target and ISIL would have taken advantage within the near future of any opportunity, Sri Lanka or outside Sri Lanka, to set again a mark in that region because they need to regain the upper hand on the propaganda front in Southeast Asia after their very clear and very damaging defeat in the city of Marawi. So everyone has been actually waiting for the next big thing in Southeast Asia.
0: Speaking of um, that region, how far can this group expand this threat? uh, uh sri lanka is an island nation not far from india um this was by all accounts i hate to say this but it, it's the truth it was a very successful operation a deadly and cruel operation um how far can they expand this kind of success does that depend on uh, how many operatives that they may have someplace else beyond sri lanka or do you believe that um the uh, outside forces can make any group like this successful anywhere
1: well, I mean first of all, the groups within Sri Lanka, as I said, were even even experts from Sri Lanka say you know we very, know very little about these groups because they've been so small and fairly insignificant uh, in the past. so obviously those groups, I would doubt that they have the ability to transit their 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 knowledge or transit their capabilities outside the island however um that's not the same for other groups within the region. So if you look at the Abu Sayyaf network, part of which is already loyal to ISIL, uh, to the Islamic State. If you look at the Jamaat uh, Islamiyah network in Indonesia, parts of which and significant figures of which are already having publicly declared their loyalty of ISIL, the regional picture looks very different. There are already significant networks which publicly declared that they belong to the Islamic State and wanted to work uh, to further the agenda of the Islamic State. So I think this is a, is a region that has a sizable terror network to counter and is now uh, uh, unfortunately confronted with a situation where, as we all had expected after the phase one, the defeat of the physical caliphate in iraq and syria the focus of the global uh, islamic state network is now on conducting terror attacks when and where it can and now the combination of this increased motivation of the global level of the network to have more attacks and the already existing network structures within the region is quite a a, a dangerous one
0: dr schindler many experts yourself included have noted that a lot of these uh, so-called attackers got away. People that were involved were not captured. Where do you think they are and what do you think they might be up to? I'm not asking the crystal ball question. I'm asking the question, if they escaped, what would be the most likely course of action for them and do you believe that they are still a threat?
1: I would very much say that anyone involved in this attack who hasn't been captured yet, and as you have seen, the, the authorities in Sri Lanka have already made a range of arrests. May uh, Unfortunately, so far, only uh, Sri Lankan citizens, while they say there may actually be more non-Sri Lankan individuals uh, having been involved in the attack, these individuals are very, very dangerous. And it, wherever they go, I mean, I would say it would be fairly unlikely that they would try to stay in the country. Most likely, they try to stay slipped the country in the initial chaos uh, after this this massive uh, uh, multi-pronged attack. Um, but they had certainly have demonstrated uh, a high grade of motivation for to conduct terror attacks. And certainly they, they demonstrated a very significant level of actually prowess on not only conducting devices, but also organizing and orchestrating a multi-pronged attack all over. You know, if you look at the map, it's all over the island. It's not just one city and multiple points. It's multiple cities uh, from uh, the east to the west of the entire island. So this is a, a, a very, very sophisticated operations, the likes of which are rarely seen. And so whoever has one involved in this one is now and, and is at large does present a significant security risk. What do you
0: think the leadership of ISIS looks like now? Um, we have been talking or not talking for a good while about Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. Somehow... Um, it's my understanding that this group or some that were identified in this group from this group uh, swore what's called bayat to uh, Baghdadi uh, clearly thinking I suppose that he is is alive and well what's your view on where he is or what his situation might be?
1: As far as anyone can tell and as far as I have heard from from multiple different sources he seems to be still alive Um, his sole role right now is to be the focal point, the symbol of the Islamic State. Um, He doesn't even have to exercise a lot of operational control for this role to work. He doesn't have to conduct in detail any attacks, not even in Syria and Iraq, because it's enough that people swear to him. Um, The operational planning is already divulged downwards. So obviously what we've seen was during the pushback in the military front, uh, the Islamic State in Iraq and Syria lost a lot of quite capable military commanders simply because they died in the fighting. Um, that was, of course, a massive loss to the organization on the propaganda front. They were fairly early on uh, lost Adnani, the head who was both head of the propaganda as well of the internal security organization of the organization. That was a big blow. But these are all only substantial blows if you are focused on gaining, controlling, and expanding territory. For a global terror network, you don't need a extremely operationally capable center, as long as you can maintain the center as a symbol and, a, uh, and as a propaganda hub, um, so that other can uh, other groups can project their loyalty towards that center, and leave the operations up to the people on the ground, therefore reducing the ability of us Uh, the uh, counter-terrorist establishment to really inflict significant pain at one particular point on the organization. Um, And secondly, to increase the security of the center because they don't have the need to communicate in quite the same frequency than they did in the past when they were uh, organizing operations. So what is now a new battleground in, in my assessment really is cyberspace because this is the weapon of choice uh, uh, as far as terrorist communication, as far as terrorist recruitment, as far as terrorist organization uh, or financing is concerned, and as far as terrorist transfer of capabilities are concerned. We can still inflict on a global scale a lot of pain on these terror organizations if we take away or at least hamper significant their ability to misuse these uh, social media and internet services.
0: Um, I want to get back to the social media once again before we leave, but I need to uh, ask you again um, a couple of other questions regarding the, the tradecraft and tactics uh, of this this organization and what you saw. How does it, it compare to what you've seen before when it comes to, quote-unquote, local groups that were inspired to do something? How does this 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 attack compare to what we've seen so far from groups like them?
1: I mean, if you look at uh, uh, some of the attacks in Europe, this is actually of a better quality. Uh, it, it's horrible to say that, but I mean, the way this was organized is is extremely complex. It may just about compare to the complexity of the November 2015 attacks in Paris, where you also had multiple attacks and multiple attacks modus more, more of Aranda, but this is a, a significant amount of uh, explosive material being su- successfully brought to bear with an extremely disciplined uh, range of suicide bombers who didn't cop out, who went to their target, who blew themselves up. No one of them took a step back. No one went to the police beforehand. So this has been a a extremely, you know, I'm sorry to say high quality uh, and complex operation. The the likes we have not seen to that extent, except uh, with a small exception here, the, the November 2015 attacks in Paris in Europe. In Europe, we've seen more hit and miss. Even, uh, you know, one of the most significant uh, uh, taxes as far as the material for for taxes uh, was concerned, the attempt to use TATP, in, in Spain uh, during the Barcelona attacks, that went, from, from the perspective of the terrorist cell, that went, went nearly disastrously wrong because the TATP blew up but unfortunately in the house of the terrorists. Uh, and so when they didn't conduct the attack, they reverted back to the very simple I get in a truck and I mow down people method um, because their, their explosives were gone. So, you know, this is a very much higher quality, hence my Uh, thinking that it must have been uh, uh, helped by people with active and very current and recent battlefield experience.
0: Does this suggest to you that the success that they've had in this particular attack, does this suggest to you that there may be more eminent activity coming about on, on Sri Lanka or nearby from this organization?
1: That is really hard to say. I mean, obviously, it brings home the uh, fact that uh, in any uh, active economy, um, you have to be very careful uh, because you're dealing with a lot of material very legally, very openly, very necessary for your economy, that if they're put together in the correct way Um, are allowing people to build explosive material, especially if they have the the right experience. Um, As you may know, the European Union, based on this worry, passed a directive uh, a couple of months ago um, trying to rein in uh, and control the sale and use of precursor chemicals that can be used to make chemical materials uh, um, lifting a little bit more transparency requirements and and having a a little bit more reporting requirements on the producers and sale uh, and and points of sale for these materials. I think this is a is a very necessary and good step because you know, there is no way that you can wean an economy of these materials unless you decide that your economy is not gonna do more any building projects, there is no mining uh, in your economy. You will have these uh, can, or coloring agents. If you think about potassium chloride, which is a coloring agent, um, you cannot wean off your economies of these things. But at the same time, um, getting access to these things allows people with experience to build these kind of explosive devices. So this is a very, very different uh, ball game in which we are now. Since we do have now a much greater cohort of people around the world with experience on how to put these things together. Theoretically, you can read books on how this this can be done for many years. But now we actually have people with practical experience, which means we have to work a little bit more on the control of such materials within each national economy. Um, And obviously Sri Lanka has has shown where, where some of the loopholes are.
0: The secrecy of this operation,
1: what does that tell you? This is a very professionally done. I mean, obviously, it wasn't 100% secret, if, if that letter is an original one that was put out, um, where where one intelligence services uh, asked uh, a a couple of days before the attack, um, the Sri Lankan uh, authorities that there may be an imminent uh, range of attacks coming. Um, but I mean, obviously, it was very, very good and well done as far as global communication security uh, is concerned. Hence, my uh, assessment at this particular point, from what we know until this point, that it's highly unlikely that somewhere in Syria and Iraq, uh, a central ISIL command, so to speak, has been involved in the operational details of this attack. If that would happened, I think the attack would have been discovered slightly earlier. Uh, than a couple of days beforehand because this is an environment in which communications are very heavily monitored. Um, My assumption is this is uh, best characterized by uh, the the terminology enabled attack where there was communication with ISIL central uh, very likely beforehand. There was a go ahead beforehand. But then the operational details are left up to the locals. There is some financial support. And then at the very end, The locals make a video and send it uh, to ISIL center for for distribution by their global propaganda network. That's the most likely scenario that I can see from what we all know now and how tight the communication security were uh, within Sri Lanka. Well,
0: how much of a threat to the to the West and to the U.S. is this organization and ISIS as a general matter?
1: NT, NTJ, I don't think, is a threat outside Sri Lanka. I mean, for that one, uh, if what we know about this, this terror group is concerned, is correct, um, then I would not uh, see that this is a group that by itself uh, is able to project a threat all the way towards uh, the U.S. mainland or even towards Europe. Um, but what happened in Sri Lanka shows a pattern here and shows how quickly even small, insignificant uh, significant networks with the right expertise and with the right help, can can uh, boost their capabilities towards a level that Sri Lanka certainly has not, had not seen before, despite 10 years of civil war. So I, I think that shows uh, what I said at the very beginning, this new paradigm, is that we have now a similar situation to what we had after 2002, where the Terror terror camps in Afghanistan were destroyed and you had a new generation of terrorists being released, so to speak, uh, globally and which formed the basis of the Al-Qaeda network that we are still fighting today. Um, the same thing now clearly has happened in Syria and Iraq. We luckily and, and very justifiably made sure that uh, something, a uh, group uh, as as bad as the Islamic State is not able to control and uh, terrorize uh, civilians uh, and territory in those areas uh, is defeated. But that also meant that we are now having a global second generation of individuals with great uh, actual current and uh, relevant battlefield experience, uh, which are now infusing home sympathizers and radical networks who may be willing to conduct an attack, but are not able to conduct um, large-scale deadly attacks um, because they simply don't have the expertise, uh, are now infused with these new capabilities. And therefore. Pre- uh, it's the likelihood of uh, more deadlier attacks by the same radical networks in, in, in any given country is much higher.
0: Anything you'd like to add, Dr. Schindler?
1: Well, I mean, what I've say, uh, what I've said about this new paradigm also means we need to keep our eye on the ball. So we, we need to make sure that we do understand we are only in phase two of of the fight against ISIL. If you remember our previous conversations while I was still at the UN, I was always spo- uh, speaking about this is phase one, this is very easy comparatively easy, to defeat ISIL militarily because they give us the uh, uh, advantage of telling us where exactly they are. We are now in phase two, which is going to take much longer. Uh, which is going to take a much more multi pronged approach. Military alone is not going to work. There needs to be some uh, more work on uh, financing. For example, cryptocurrencies, in my opinion, is a new frontier that uh, governments just begin to grapple with. Um, There is much more we need to do in, in cyberspace to disrupt their ability to communicate and organize themselves. But this is a long term phase. This is not going to be one victory. Uh, we, we conquered the last village of Bakbuz, it's over now. This is going to be a multi year approach. Um, we will have to live with the fact uh, that this was an unavoidable situation now. Therefore, each regulatory action that we will have to take in the future will have to balance individual citizens rights against uh, the collective right of the of the society to be to be uh, secure, including in cyberspace. Uh, And we need to have strategic patience here in order to feed this network. This is going to take much longer than the military defeat of of the Islamic State.
0: Well, Dr. Schindler, as always, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, Hopefully we don't have to wait so long again to catch up with you and talk to you.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to just talk to you again, and I'm already looking forward to the next time. Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) That's Dr. Hans Jacob Schindler, senior director at the counter extremism project we met several years ago when he was actually working for the united nations security council he was the coordinator of the isil al-qaeda and taliban monitoring team and as i promised you the last week we will get to our Mueller report special we'll talk specifically about the events that led up to the appointment of the special counsel and the outcome in the meantime Thank you, as always, for joining us on the program and allowing me to spend some time with you. I appreciate the fact that you've given us some great feedback on what you've heard and some thoughts about things that you'd like for us to deal with, some topics. So if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or suggestions, send me an email at jgreen at WTOP.com. That's the letter J, the color green, one word, at Whiskey Tango Oscar Papa, WTOP.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at TUSA Podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra at TUSA Podcast. And we've got a new thing going on now. It's called Inside the Skiff. It's a weekly look at all of the top national security and intelligence news stories that I'm covering. And you can sign up for this newsletter at WTOP.com slash alerts. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Winter is coming, so it's time to join Survivor's Rob Sestorino on post-show recaps as he brings you highlights of the biggest television event of the year. Download new episodes of Post Show Recaps every week on Apple Podcast and Podcast One. Dragons not included. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.